1: An executive producer of a new film that's coming out, a documentary that is so very exciting. We're going to hear all about it today. Elliot Wallach is uh, my guest and Elliot is on the line. Welcome to my program, sir.
0: Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh excited to uh just any I love Florida, so I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to be talking to you. Well,
1: right we can offer you over this interview the sunshine and all the beautiful weather that Florida would be known about, especially this right. time of year, but my goodness, it is so exciting to talk about this film that I was just able to see the screener and actually watch the whole film God of heaven and earth and that film is coming to theaters next month and it is really great it's a documentary that i believe will catch a lot of people by surprise the depth and the interest obviously in in all things bible the person behind it is rick larson and his work and you know how god called him into this it's all displayed there because he would have almost let everybody know he he didn't feel like he was qualified to do everything that God was calling him to do in the beginning. But boy, uh, God really got a hold of that man's life, didn't he?
0: Yeah, you know it's funny because Rick is Rick's one of the more modest people that I met. Sometimes I I, I feel like I, I I need to be the the Luke to his Paul a bit, if you know what I mean. I mean he's he's just a massive intellect. You know he was one of the most successful trademark attorneys. Um, in the country you know and he was he's just an incredibly brilliant cerebral person we can all remember people like that you know when we were in school where they could have gone any direction they wanted and they would have become the master of it and he happened to be working you know with his church where he was teaching a a a class called he called essentials just for new christians and just kind of introduce them to the christian faith but he had this block where he was trying to speak to them of external evidences and then that's where He had discovered just through his own research, uh, this uh, astronomer about what this person suspected he knew what the star of Bethlehem was. Yeah. And then Rick, Rick, just being Rick, he just started just gobbling up information and checking it. And all of a sudden he's seeing things. And I think it's just because, again, he's got this intellect, but he also has this, uh, you know, a very thorough knowledge of scripture and he starts recognizing things that this could have been this and this could have been that. And then, and then ends up coming up with an extremely compelling case. And I think when people, when people watch it, you know, I, I, know, I know all of us remember the nativity scene, like you can go to any mall. I mean, at least when I was a kid, you know, and you'd always see Absolutely. it. it was, it's always kind of funny. Is it like, like everybody shows up and this woman's pregnancy. You got the three wise men, you got the donkey, you've got the shepherds, like everybody's there, you know, we heard there was a party, you know, and they're just all showing up and it's not. You can see where somebody, un, you know, that's unfamiliar with with scripture, can go. This is this is, seems a little bit, little bit crazy, you know. But when you really start looking into what the Bible says, I mean, it's pretty unusual, right? Like what what was it that caused these these men to travel, let's say, seven hundred miles over probably a very dangerous terrain? And they didn't have find,
1: yeah, they didn't have a bus ride even. I mean, it was it was on top of a camel.
0: No, I mean, could you imagine <laughs> yeah. you know the 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 food and you know that's where it's a little bit funny to think of it just being three guys because it's you know, you'd think, I mean, you know, it probably was in some kind of caravan, but but however many it was, they've whatever it was that they saw in the sky compelled them that they're gonna go to Herod. And, and Herod, I would think, would be like the last guy I'd want to talk to. It seemed like would be a pretty dangerous guy, and especially to go up to the to somebody in charge and say, you know, take us to the king yeah. of Israel. We want to worship him. What was it that they saw that made it – what was it that they saw that when they explained it to Herod that he was so, like, upset or disturbed that he was trying to trick them to, like, help them find out who it was? And then when they – when he couldn't – that didn't work, then he's like, you know, I'm going to err on the side of caution here. I'm going to kill, you know, all the children that would be of this age and just eliminate the risk. Whatever they explained to him had to be something that's so compelling, but the fear fact that they had to explain it. Too Like when you think of the star of Bethlehem, everybody, you know, they, 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 when you ever see it in the movies, it always looks like it reminds you of like some police helicopter, like looking for the bad guys, you know, like this <laughs> right. big giant light in the sky, you know, like a bad neighborhood or something, you know, but he had to have it explained to them. Well, it couldn't have been like a comet or a supernova or something. I mean, that would have been the talk of the town. I mean, everybody would have known about that. So it was something like that. And then, it, And then the story goes on to where the star was hanging over Bethlehem. So when you're factoring all that and if you're somebody on the outside of scripture and you're looking at, don't, you know, what are they talking about? And see what's fascinating when people go into this film and, you know, as you know, now there's a very plausible fact based. That's the important part. It's that is. like, you know, cause again, he's an attorney. He did it. There's, he's like, these are the facts of the case and this is where, you know, and then there's an interpretation. Anybody can, anybody can interpret as they want. But, but in, in my mind, in some ways, the most important thing that comes out of it, there's a number of things I found that were very, very, that I could talk about the awe of it. Like people like, what what are people going to get out of it? Like to me, it's fascination, but there's also some serious awe moments, just being awestruck. But in, in terms of the, some of the fact stuff is it establishes one crucifixion date that works. Like if you're going to buy into it, right? you know, the universe, it's just a great clock. And so when you're saying this is what happens, this is what's happening at this specific part of time that we interpret this was the star of Bethlehem. Well, then all of a sudden, there's only one date that could work because of some stuff you'll find in Scripture and then and then the timing of what they're seeing in the sky of Christ's crucifixion, and that's April 3rd, 33 AD. Yeah. And when, when the audience finds out what was happening on that day, it is going to blow their mind. But what, what happened with Rick is he didn't want to stop there. He took and he's like, okay, is there anything in Scripture that maybe I can find some more physical evidence because now at least maybe I don't know where to look, but I know when to look. And sometimes that's the most important thing. If you don't know when to look, you can look everywhere. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not looking at the right time, you're not gonna find anything, you know? And that's what happened with like Kepler, but the movie discussed some of that. Right. But then now you know when to look. And then there's this part in Matthew 27, a lot of, a lot of your, your listeners are probably familiar with it, but Christ is crucified at the moment he dies. There was an earthquake and the Bible says it was so strong. It was so powerful that the people around it were terrified And one particular soldier. He exclaimed those famous words. Okay. Surely this was the son of God.
1: Absolutely. Because of that.
0: Right. He was convicted. That was for him. That was all he, that was the moment. That was, that was when Peter threw the net on the other side of the boat. I mean, for that soldier, that was it. That was, he was convinced that earth shook for him. So then what's so wild is that, that Rick goes to Israel and shows – and shows – proves that an earthquake happened in 33 AD. And the thing is that somebody could go to the theater. They can leave an atheist or an evangelist, but they don't get to leave denying that an earthquake happened in 33
2: AD. Because That's right. people look at it. Yeah.
0: You know? And what's, what's crazy is I've been to Orlando – Uh, By the way, I think fire ants are like part of the Chihuahua family. They seem to hate everybody. I'm just going to throw that out there. We don't get those in Washington. I don't know what's the story there. But you can't can't prove to me that an earthquake happened in 33 AD or any specific year. But I don't even know if it's possible anywhere on the planet, but it's possible in Jerusalem. It's absolute science. This movie is not – yeah, it's not Indiana Jones. I mean the fact is the science shows – That this earthquake happened in 33 A.D., but what's so incredible? I mean, you look at it, you you can see it, you know. But but nobody would say, "Oh, look, we found this earthquake. This must have been when Christ was crucified." Nobody put those things together. But you have, to me, it reminds me of in the Bible. It says, like, you know, two witnesses. Like two witnesses. Okay, then we we probably have something that really happened. The evidence that you have, you've got two witnesses. You've got two scientific disciplines: one's astronomy, and then one's geology, and they intersect at this point. And like I say, somebody can, they can watch this and they can walk away and they can come to one. I cannot personally, I I believe this is that we have been revealed so much truth here.
1: Yes, we have. And and there's,
0: you know, when you see it, I mean, there's some stuff in there that you got. I mean, it's like, how much coincidence do you need before you start realizing it? I mean, that, that when that star stops over Bethlehem, your audience is going to flip because the, the thing, and you, you know it because you saw it, but the thing that's crazy, it's almost a sign to all of us. That star stopped over Bethlehem, December 25th. Is that crazy? That
1: is crazy. You know, just a couple of years ago, and it was in uh, December or the 1st of January when we saw it, it was in 2020. My wife and I were both suffering from COVID uh, back then, and yet that's when there was this big uh kind of a astronomical event that was happening with what they called the Bethlehem star back then so and mm-hmm. what it was was an alignment similar to what is you know shown in this uh, particular movie that we're talking about now it it, it yeah. was an alignment and it created this star that was what they called the Bethlehem star i mean that's what the news Uh, all of the newscasts and all of the writers were writing it and we were we drove even though we were both sick we got in our car we had we weren't traveling too many places obviously then in fact we were both in our pajamas but we were driving around and as it turns (laughs) out the best place to look at it was in our own backyard And we we walked out and we got to see that. So a a number of things about this film that I think especially our listeners in Florida will love about it is the kind of the scientific approach. I mean, we live real close, as you would know, to the Space Center. And we have Mm -hmm. these incredible engineers over at NASA, over at uh, Kennedy Space Center, who are able to, with incredible mathematical precision, know exactly how to take that that uh, space rocket, or when it was the shuttle, and dock that thing at the International Space Station, and get all of that down with incredible precision—that is kind of the precision that I believe Rick went into in in presenting this film. I mean, it is—it's unmistakable. You realize that not only were there smart people today putting this together, but like you said, with Kepler, Johannes Kepler, he, he his work. Uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, uh, amazing that he was able to discover what he was able to discover in the lack of technology that existed in that time. But his math as uh, as Larson said, his math was great and that's why he was able to do it.
0: Yeah, and, and what's amazing is he was a man of faith and one of the first things he did is he looked for the star. but this kind of comes to that point where unfortunately he was looking in the wrong place. And we have that, we have the benefit of software and you can take in, I could, you could go to any part of the planet and say, what did the sky look like? And 1200 AD, and they can show you because the, the cosmos, it's just a giant clock. There's not a lot of variance to this, you know, yeah, not, that's right. you know, it's not, it's not like when the guy's golfing and he picks up the grass and drops it and to figure out what's the wind speed and everything else. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just math, you know, and then you can, it's, it's very predictive. You know, the thing that the thing that I find personally just incredible is when you think about it in that way, that means that God set all of this in motion at the very beginning. He had to, you know, so right at the very beginning, he took and and he knew all of this was going to happen before he even created Adam. Mm-hmm. He put all of this in play, you know, and that I find very it just to me. It was, you know, because I'm a person that that has this faith. It wasn't like when I. Was introduced to this that it changed my faith. It strengthened it, but it also helped me understand the heart of God a bit more because that means that God knew the date of the crucifixion before Adam even bit the apple and broke his yeah, heart. Yeah,
1: it's amazing.
0: You know, yeah, like He prepared that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many awe things in this to me. I mean, one of the things I, I find so amazing is that the star. Nobody at the time knew what they were even looking at except for the wise man, when they were looking and seeing this star hanging over Bethlehem, they were the only, for them, everybody else was just another star. But it was like God did it just for them. Yes. You know, yeah. and then and yeah. then we got, you know, and somewhere, I don't know how that works. I don't know if Matthew got the, got the, got it for Mary. When Mary met them, I, I don't know. But then we just get that sort of secondhand and even thirdhand testimony of whatever they saw. But predominantly in that moment, they had to feel like God was talking to them literally from the sky. That seeing this star hanging over Bethlehem, man, because they've just been studying him so much, you know. I think of it in the same way for that soldier, right. you know, that God, God, you know, to everybody else, you know, they're hanging out in Jerusalem and it was an earthquake. It's like, wow, man, did you feel that? Yeah, I felt that," you know. But to that soldier, that earth shook for him, and it shook him. That's right. You know, that's yeah. the thing that made him just completely decide, yeah, this was the Son of God. I, I you know, I was in the military, so I kind of wonder, you know, what did, you know, what is that? What was the barracks conversation when he got home? Right. You know, when he got back, Yeah. you know, and then you, and then I can't help but wonder when you see it, when you read about all these other, you know, when you re- read about these soldiers that come along and, you know, and they have, you know, particularly the, the one when Peter went to visit, you kind of wonder, did that guy run into him? I mean, I mean, you know, cause they had to, there had to be some scuttlebutt, there had to be some stories, you know, I, I always loved that, that idea, you know, but, but then now you, you now when it's in context, then you can actually go and you can see, visually see. That this earthquake occurred, you know, now we can all enjoy it. But I love the idea of that this, that God is so, you know, like He, you know, He loved both of these guys enough. Knowing they would say th- that they would get the word album but would probably another way to do it. But it was like something for specifically for them at that moment. Anyway,
1: you know, it really you know? was. And isn't it amazing how Rick Larson a, a number of years ago, as he is almost shamed because of that neighborhood lighting up uh, for Christmas event and he didn't take part in it and then uh, decided to do something at the last minute. And what are they going to do? And what does he choose? He chooses, the the kind of a manger scene kind of thing and has to start working with a light how how that was the genesis of his starting with this whole process and god capturing him and what i loved about it is how that once he had a taste of curiosity about what god was doing with this bethlehem star it it just wouldn't let him go it just rocked his world and he began to study and boy, you get an idea of the benefit of a deep look into something, with what God did in Rick as he studies all of that stuff. That's amazing to me.
0: Yeah, you know, when we ended the movie with the scripture, you know, if you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, and I think of that with Rick, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he really did go out, and you know, and he's. I mean, how many of us? Yeah, when he's putting up the manger at his house and he's like, "Okay, I want to be true to the Gospels. I want to be true to the Bible. What what was the star? Where would it be? Where would they be looking? You know, and, and all of that, like like most people, they wouldn't think in that way. But it's just again, it's just where God provided this person with that kind of a mind to take and want to go out and also be just so deliberate on trying to make something. That would be that would test the scrutiny. You know, he would go all over the world and do these presentations. But it's not like he went to like, you know, you know, the First Baptist Church in Dallas. So he spoke at a number of churches, but he went to a lot of universities. Yes, you know, yeah, and and you know, and to and to address this and. The thing, with, the thing with Rick's passion with a lot of this is he's always thinking like everybody might have that Uncle Bob or something, that guy you've been trying to bring to church, and he thinks it's great. I don't know. It's good for you. I don't want to go. I really don't like it. It's just I don't know what I believe. But he lives on the Discovery Channel. He loves the National Geographic. You know, this is his movie because you're going to go there, and you're just going to have a very fact, fact-based representation, and some people aren't that way. I mean, some people, they found God. in a a much different way, feeling, emotion, what have you. I relate to that. That's how I found God. I found, you know, I found God because when I was in the military, I had lost a very dear friend that I'd known him since junior high. We joined together. We had all these parallels and then he died in Desert Storm. And there weren't many that did. If anybody want to look it up, his name's Lee Bellis, one of the funniest guys I ever knew. But we were like even born in the same hospital. We had all these parallels. And so when he died, I knew basically that was definitely going to happen to me You know, and when i'm looking at my dog tags and they have all this information and one of the things is it says christian and i sat they're going okay what does that even mean to me and i just knew i needed i needed that i needed if i'm going to give my life to god i wanted it to be based on truth not because i was raised that way right. not because i right. felt good not because my friends would think weird of me if i didn't i wanted it to be based on truth and that took me on this journey you know where i just all of a sudden i just started getting convicted you know a lot of times you know we read the bible but when I grew up, it would have been like sort of that book of rules, or you didn't know what you were reading, and all of a sudden realizing that these are letters, and these are first-hand testimonials, and then you start learning about prophecy, and I remember Isaiah just blew me away. I mean, if anybody is listening out there, and maybe you're seeking or whatever, I've been there, I get it. When you look at Isaiah 53, that looks like that looks like the new Testament. I mean, you, I mean, who is he talking about if it's not Jesus?
1: That's right.
0: It's just so amazing. And I just came to a point where I just didn't, I just didn't have a faith strong enough to believe anything but Jesus was the Son of God.
1: Well, hold that thought right there, Elliot. Elliot Wallach is with me. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. I want to hear the rest of that story in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. E.C. Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, E.C. Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study, an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelors of Science in Human Services and our new Daytime Bachelors of Science in Nursing. All of our courses were offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. On the line with me is Elliot Wallach. Elliot is the executive producer of God of heaven and earth and it's an incredible film a documentary that you're going to love it's going to be in major theaters coming up in November just a couple of weeks away something to be looking for we always uh, encourage our listeners to when one of these movies come out uh, comes out to the theaters back it up man let's support good work good movies that are like this that are God glorifying and I had a chance to see the screener on this. My wife and I both watched the entire film and loved it. It's spellbinding, really. And I know you're going to love it too. It's called God of Heaven and Earth, and again, Elliot Wallach. And I have to ask, with a name like Wallach, what's the relationship <laughs> to Eli Wallach? I mean, come on, there's no, got to be—that's
0: funny. No, no, no relation. You know, it's funny. I, I. I used to do a lot of uh, I, my background. Like I said, I've been in this business for about twenty years, and it started off mostly in promoting movies to the faith market, family friendly market. I did all the publicity when the Passion of the Christ came to DVD, and um, oh wow, you know, I got when yeah, when uh, when Eli Wallach died, I got no less than I think three emails from people telling me how sorry they were about the death of my grandfather. Oh. And and I said, no, he was in the good, the bad, and the ugly. I would be in the good, the bad, and their publicist. <laughs> that's right.
1: Oh, my goodness, that's yeah. right. Well, you've got a great name for the, the business then. I mean, let's face it, it works, right? Elliot yeah, is yeah. a strong name, and uh, Eli- Elliot Wallach, uh, the, the executive producer, you were also part of the team of uh, that wrote some of the stuff that is in this film. And uh, the film centers around the work of one Rick Larson. Like you said in the, our opening of the program today, he was a, an attorney, a trademark attorney, and just a brilliant guy who began to go down this journey of investigating the Bethlehem Star and uh, ended up finding all of this information, ended up spending a lot of time in Israel talking to some amazing people who were in science. And, you know, we ended this last segment just talking about what was happening in your life. And, and you know, we'll get back into talking about uh, uh, Rick and, and the movie. And I want to center on the, the whole second half of the documentary, which is uh, uh, really based in, in his travels and in his meetings in Israel, which It's fantastic. But you were telling us a little bit about just the uh, kind of the coming to the Lord moment in your own life when you lost somebody there in Desert Storm. And finish that, if you will.
0: Well, you know, the thing with it is that when I went on that journey, and, and I say I went, but really it was clear to me now looking back that God took me on a journey, you know, and started introducing me to things that I just never knew. And I was, um, I was really pretty shocked as I would start to find out about them, and the thing is, is that's what really convicted me. And what I think I said is, I just, you know, I I, I don't have the faith of the things that other people believe. I don't, I can't believe a stockbroker, an aardvark can turn into a stockbroker if it's cooked well over billions of years. I'll never <laughs> believe that, you know. I don't have a faith strong enough to believe that. They have more faith than I do, you know. But my, when I started having all this, aside from. Like the Bible says, just the things that we see around us every day. You know, it's just so fascinating to me that, you know, you've got this aquarium that we all live on and any little nuance one way or the other, you know, and you're either going to be melting or you're going to be freezing. You know, it's just, it's just there's so much evidence out there if you look. But the but the point is it relates to God of heaven and earth is it puts into context how important this movie is to me. Because to be able to think about the idea that I'm reaching somebody in Florida that's feeling exactly what I'm feeling or what I felt, you know, and just going, you know, I don't look, I'm happy to believe something. I just don't want to be an idiot. I just want to believe something true. I just want to be able to compel, you know, I want to use my own intellect and I want to come to my own decisions. Well, the very idea of somebody being able to go and watch in this movie and, you know, and being able to kind of move in that direction. And, you know, otherwise you're hearing all these crazy stories about stars hanging in the sky and these guys traveling around and don't you know and don't know and then somebody dies and an earthquake happens and uh, yeah right but then all of a sudden you show you know that this this look i can prove it i mean this is stuff that actually the bible says happened and i know it's super crazy and i know it's super unlikely but look at this this actually this is this if this is this happened and you can understand where that may have led to that what you're reading about right here right And and the fact is is this is one Movie. This hopefully leads somebody along the lines of, you know, test the Bible. You know, this is, our faith is not a philosophy. It's either true or it isn't. And it can, truth can take scrutiny. You know, you can look and you can look into it. You know, the trick is, the, the, the bad thing is just, is not looking into it, you know. I mean,
1: yeah, Rick, even you know, in the movie makes a comment like that. The truth of God, you can lean in on, you can press it up against it and it's going to hold up. Yeah. It's going to hold up.
0: Yeah. I remember him saying that exact thing. So he said, if you can press the scriptures really hard yeah, and it'll hold up. Yeah. And it's, you know, the thing with Rick too, and it, it, is, you know, one of the things that people will notice is, you know, the guy's quite tall. I think he's like six foot six. And at the beginning of the movie, you know, you see him, he's vibrant and he's healthy. And then he had this um, accident and he had a surgery and then he ended up getting and people see where he's on crutches, but it's much worse than that. He's got, it's called RSD. It's a, like, it's a chronic kind of pain that you and I can't even imagine, Oh wow! you know? So it's almost like the way he's explained it to me is it's almost like your mind is trying, can't make sense of what the damage is, what's going on down there. And it'll just make its own conclusions and it'll be like, oh, I know what the problem is here. The problem is, is your legs on fire
1: yeah, and, yeah.
0: you know, or you're being slowly lowered into a wood chipper or somebody's hitting your leg with a sledgehammer. And it's a kind of pain. He calls it like the insane pain. In fact, I think his first analogy to me was, it's like, you've been on, a, if you've ever been on a runway, think of like a roaring jet engine. Like that's the level of pain, you know? And, you know, and that's something that he's had to live with. And I think about, sometimes I've, I've said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm the Luke to his Paul because one of the things that gives Paul so much credibility I think is that you know he's just pushing through all this stuff i mean he's right, just right. you know shipwrecked i think what is he shipwrecked like three times yeah. bit by a snake stoned left for dead beaten up imprisoned you know flogged abandoned you know it just goes on and on but who would continue to put themselves through that right if they don't really truly believe it and so here rick you know rick is you know he's out there in Israel it's 110 degrees on his crutches just trying to manage as best he can because he's like that committed to taking trying to see this through with this other level of evidence that he's been you know he's been allowed to to find and reveal and just like nothing is going to stop him well, well, you know, and- I didn't
1: know that background to his uh, physical condition when I watched it, but it was clear as the movie progressed, like you said, that he was having more trouble. And at one point toward the very end, he's actually got two, uh, they're, they look like canes when you first see them, but they actually are a form of crutch that he's using. And, you know, when you're in Israel, have you ever had an opportunity to go there? I I was there, And it's uneven land, man. I mean, there are a lot of rocks. It's not easy to walk if you're healthy. And I can't imagine what it was like for him.
0: No, I can't. And and to answer your question, I have not gone. I'd love to. But the the thing is, is I've talked to him at length and because you can't see how hot something is when it's being filmed. That's right. You know, you're just kind of watching. And I mean, and the temperature is just like astounding. And, And the thing is like, look, I get a migraine headache and I'm staying in bed, yeah. you know, if it's a bad one. I mean, to be able to push through and go into 115 to, you know, he, the guy is just made of something else. He's, he's one of the people I literally respect the most in this world. Wow. And uh, if he, if he hears this, he'll love that, but he is, but he's, he's also the thing that Rick hates talking about is Rick, you know, and, you know, and to see what he did. In fact, he, in fact, he shared something with me that's just mind blowing and he doesn't, he doesn't talk about it very often. You know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but, you know, we uh, created this thing that we're going to be pushing more called the Edify Show. And, um, you know, and I'm going to be releasing this. But he shared this this amazing thing where when he was in Israel and he had these two women come up to him and they said, you know, they recognized him. And then they said, you know, just because of his other research, he'd been doing this for a while. And they said, you know, they asked if they could pray for him and then they laid hands on him. And he didn't think a lot of it except that it was really nice. And then he gets home, and it's just after I think like like several months or something. And He's at like a I don't know what it was like a like a deli or something. And he, this um, kid like a t- like a teen like a like a young college kid, really uncomfortable. Clearly didn't want to do it. Clearly didn't want to be there. But finally walks up and goes, "Excuse me," he goes, "The Holy Spirit is telling me to pray for you. Is there <sighs> something wrong? Like doesn't even know he's sick.
1: Goodness, you know." Yeah. And then
0: asks to pray for him. And, and Rick's like, you know, that was nice. Maybe God's thinking about healing. Like, who knows? Right. Then a couple months later, and his wife, he, in this in this interview that we did, like I said, I haven't watched it yet or anything, but that is his, his He's so glad that his wife and his mother in law are there because he's like, this starts to sound like I'm making this up. And he's like, I'm so glad there were like witnesses because this boy, like an eight year old boy, literally walked up to the table, like, speaking at it, standing like almost at attention. It was like, Excuse me, sir, may I pray for your healing? Uh-huh. Right. And he's like, well, yes, you can. And then the kid prays for him. And then Rick watches to see where he goes because he wanted to see where his parents were. And then he went up and talked to the parents. And they were like agog. Like they'd, they'd, like he's never done that before. Wow. And they weren't even supposed to be there. Like they pulled off just to grab some food. Like they were driving somewhere in Texas. Wow. And then do it. And then it was like, I forget what he said to me. I'm sorry. I forget. But it was like six weeks later or something. It was like over the course of three days. All of a sudden, his pain started dropping. Now it didn't go away. He's not cured, but it like came down to like normal person pain, like the kind of pain you and I have, mm. you know. So it's you know, it's just it, you know. People can make up their mind as a coincidence or what, but it definitely happened, you know. I mean, this is this is this is a guy that doesn't even want to tell people stuff like that because he doesn't want anybody to think. You know, he likes to present stuff that he can prove. <laughs> you
1: know. Well, there that's, was, the, that's th-
0: his conviction.
1: That's right, and there was never even a moment where uh, you would had a feeling that he was giving into any of that level of pain when he was shooting all of that. It was so interesting, and the way that God, you know, you've got cameras, and I've I've done a few. Video tapings. Myself, I was in television for years, and we did documentaries back in the day. And I can tell you that when you're traveling around doing what they're doing, you've got people behind the cameras. They're capturing. Yet there were so many things that happened while they were spontaneously putting this stuff down to tape that it it is no accident at all. It is amazing that he found the right people that God connected him with people who are not only scientists but had the practical experience. And like you said earlier in the program, there's only one place in all of earth that could record everything that happened just so perfectly as what was recorded. And that was at the dead sea. And the, and I did not, I I was there again, but I I did not remember that it was that close 18 miles from Golgotha. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. incredible to see how God has preserved uh, that whole scene and I tell you what it's worth the price of a ticket to watch just the last half an hour of this of this production. It's amazing.
0: I'm so glad you liked it you know just even hearing you say that just just knowing it affected just you is so much I mean that's really what it's all about for us you know you know and for people if you want to go buy a ticket you can just go to God of heaven and Earth dot com. And you'll see where the theaters it's playing at. I know it's all over Florida, and you know you can um, you can see like the show times. And so check out the trailer. I think the trailers, you know, the trailers quite strong. I mean, the thing that that I think is it's so, you know, there's so, when people are watching how much TV and how much movies, and then it's incre- incredible when you yeah. start looking at that. You know, when when you and I were young, you had. ABC CBS and NBC. That's it. And that was it. And then one day, Oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe it. Four channels. They brought in Fox. What are we going to (laughs) do? You know? And then, you know, but then it was like during the day, you know, it wouldn't be lot on, you know, you'd watch, you know, maybe Lawrence walk or something. If you were desperate, you know, most of the time you kind of force to spend time with your family. Now there's so much stuff and you have, I mean, and people consume it constantly.
1: Way too much. yeah.
0: Right. The thing is, is they are, the people making the, the, these are the new temples. This is where everybody's, this is the temple that everybody's going to. And the people making this content, these are the new high priests of today. We have to have a presence, you know? I mean, one of the things Edify Films, you know, and I'm I, so sorry, I'm a little punch drunk. I can't remember how much I've talked about, but, but Edify Films is my company. We're a distributor. We distribute the uh, TV show Wind Calls the Heart to a uh, DVD and merchandise. My
1: so wife to- loves that. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad to
0: hear that. Yeah. Well, we got to get you guys a, a coffee cup or something. Yeah. If you go to WindCallsTheHeart.com, that'll redirect right to my site. You know, and I'm proud to work with that kind of content because there's not a lot out there. Something where people can enjoy it. It's family friendly. There's nothing, you know, that's going to be offensive or spiritually corruptive. You know, and the thing is, like I say, is that that it's so important. It's so important that we take and that we we support these products. But at the same time, it's so important that we create them, you know, and then so to take and make a movie like this, that can take a person that's having a faith and be able to inspire them to either get one or to be inspired to have a stronger one. The idea of somebody leaving that theater, you know, if you know, if you've got somebody in your life that they, you know, you try to talk about God or the Bible or what they just don't because they're associating it with something else. Wow. You know, whatever the deal is, they just don't want to hear about it. But but they love Discovery Channel. They love National Geographic. They love a mystery. They love that. This is that movie that you can bring them to. It's like great. It's neutral territory. There's food there. You can have some popcorn. And you can watch a movie that they're gonna, it's gonna make for some great discussion because there's they're gonna show you things. Then you know, of course they're gonna say, well, you know what, this is the way we interpret this evidence, but it's gonna be evidence. It's gonna be facts. You know, it's gonna be absolute facts. And I actually I just really pray that when people go there that it's you know, that it's something that that, you know. Give us, give us, uh, I think it's an hour and 40 minutes, and hopefully that it changes some lives. That's what this is really all about.
1: I believe it will, my friend. I really think you guys have done something great. Again, the the early part of the production of the documentary is Rick uh, explaining and going through this amazing research that God led him into. And uh, it was a surprise, as much a surprise to him as it is to anyone, how all of this came about. But then to watch how God unfolded, how God just kind of opened up the pathway uh, before him, the trip to Israel. I don't know how much time he spent over there. It had to be quite a bit, right?
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, there was a considerable amount of time. And actually, it was trips. You know, it was multiple trips, you know, just, you know, when you're, you know, making you know, making a movie and particularly, you know, to the to the depth that Rick will do it and the, the detail that he does, it's no, it's no picnic, you know, and, you know, it's all, it, especially, like I say, the, you know, the research and trying to communicate it, this idea effectively, you know, when you, when you watch the movie, like, you know, like you said, I mean, it starts with a lot of him sort of presenting the evidence in as aesthetically pleasing way as possible. And then you take, you know, to me, I think of it like the Bible. You've got two witnesses, and you've got that, you know, geolog- geology. Geology as a science. The scientific discipline is one witness, and then you've got, you know, I'm sorry, uh, you know, and then you've got astronomy as another scientific discipline, and then they intersect, you know. And so then, then the movie you know, all of a sudden it takes off from. Look, here's what we believe with the star of Bethlehem, and we can't, you know, it's not going to go on Lake location. You can't go to outer space, you know. So to explain that, and then we go on location to confirm it, to confirm oh. the date in Israel you know i mean it's, it's a ring. It amazing beautiful it's yeah. like oh my gosh it's like it's like they've hired a fleet of helicopters or
1: something <laughs> i don't know you how know? they I mean, did it it's you know, so good yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's so it's just so it's so beautifully shot too um but but anyway yeah it's just i think i think it's something that is going to hang with people for quite a while like like and you could probably speak to that You know, how many, how much did you and your wife talk about it after you left, after you not left the theater, but after you stopped it. It was
1: tremendous. And I tell you what, we're up against uh, a break again here, but I want to thank you for being here with us. And the movie comes out in November, just a couple of weeks. It's called God of Heaven and Earth. Give us the website, if you will, Elliot.
0: Yeah, God of Heaven and Earth dot com. And again, it's November 5th and 6th. You can see it for now anyway. And then you can keep an eye on what we're doing at uh, edifyfilms.com if you're curious about our company.
1: All right, Elliot Wallach, thank you for being with me today, my friend.
0: Oh, it was so great. I appreciate you so much.
1: All right, we'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Back again now with Jill Taylor from Choose Life Radio. Heard here on The Shepherd every Saturday and Sunday at 12.05 p.m. in the lunch hour. Invite you if you haven't uh, tuned in. Uh, Jill, I have to say this. You have... You have a wonderfully warm radio voice. I, I want to tell you that I really enjoy listening to your program, and you're a great interviewer. Today, you're on the other side of the mic. You're being interviewed, and I know <laughs> I've done that before, too. I know how strange that can be, especially for someone that uh, is uh, always the one who is posing a, the question And uh, thinking about what direction to go, and then you get on the side of the microphone you're on today, and you never know what I'm going to say next. (laughs) So (laughs) you do such a great job, and so thank you for uh, being a consummate interviewer here for us on The Shepherd.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And you're right. It feels so different to be on the other side of the mic. <laughs> yeah,
1: it really does. <laughs> I know I've, I've I've done that a couple of times and it's uh, kind of harrowing, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'll invite you to be on my, my program and you can see really how it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, you know, we were talking uh, in the break about uh, what happens in this next cycle? And now, bo- both of us—I know neither of us are political commentators. That's not anything I—I am—I I talk about, as I mentioned to you before we began the program. Uh, everything that we do here on this show, and really everything that I do when I'm talking to even politicians, I'm not talking about politics as much as I'm talking about biblical worldview and issues. And I like what you said earlier in in an earlier segment, you said you want to speak to policies. And I think that's, that's, we're in a safe zone to be able to do that. But there are ramifications, are there not? I mean, you're in Ohio, uh, another person from uh, that has an office in Ohio, a good friend, Dave Zanotti with the public square, you know, Uh Dave, I take it.
2: Oh, I do. He's, he is just fabulous. He's an encourager. I'll tell you, if you, if you're listening to him, you're going to always hear something that it will encourage you and give you strength to do the things that uh, politically we need to be doing. You know, he's a, a strong believer, and, and I love that, because we, when we tie that into politics, we need to have Christians dealing with some of these issues
1: well yeah we're getting together next week as couples and uh, we're doing lunch together and it's so wonderful to have him here now but here in florida is one of three spots where the american policy roundtable would have offices and one of them is in your state and yeah. so I get to because of my friendship with Dave and the fact that he's been on my program so many times, he's my most frequent guest on this show is Dave Zanotti. And he's just awesome. Uh, but I have learned a lot about Ohio from Dave and the things that go on there. And in, I really think it's a tremendous state, and there are a lot of reasons why I would say that. Actually, you also border my home state of Indiana. So I've always had a little bit of a a heart for that state, the Buckeye State. But tell us a little bit about what's going on there in the climate from a policy standpoint in Ohio.
2: Well, I think that we have been a very strong state in terms of being— um, not liberal, and, and being a state that—how do I want to say this? A state where you have the right to to get out and talk about things. You you feel comfortable. You don't you don't have a crowd um, descending on you. I uh, have a picture in my mind of that poor woman who walked out of a building and a crowd of you know just. Uh, Terrible guys just started beating on her. Mm. We don't we don't have anything like that that we can identify in our state yet, but we're we're going that direction. We have um, we have a lot of things that are politically being pushed against us, and I think that's one of the, the tools that they use. They just move people from state to state to state, and then they stay there for one or two years until they have destroyed. The conservatism, the mm-hmm. the wisdom, and even the faith that we have as a as a state, where we have a, a governor that is very very strong in his faith. He talks about his faith when he addresses us. He is a person who is very conservative mm-hmm. and we like that um, I put I picked up a little map that I'm looking at on my uh, on my computer and it says that they've got every, every state colored and so we are uh, the pale we're the pretty conservative state we aren't the highly conservative state but we're the pretty concerned uh, conservative state right and so I think that we are in better shape than most. But it is seeping in, and if we don't strongly take this to prayer, if we don't talk about this in our churches, um, which <laughs> pastors have the strongest uh, problem right there. they mm-hmm. They really don't want to talk about political things in in a sermon. And yet we have issues that are, if they're political, but they're not, just political they're, they're God they're God-given rights yeah not the, and, and so we need to have that conversation from the pulpits and boy they're, they're having a hard time doing that right now
1: Well you know the, the problem is is that the progressive left have made everything that the Bible would teach you about and against. Uh, they've made those things political issues so that we can't help. I mean a pastor right now uh, would would be deemed political if he's talking about the sin of homosexuality. I mean that uh-huh. is that is something that, has happened. It's, you know, it's happened to us. It's like uh, we didn't change. They, this, the whole world changed. And, Uh and that's what we have to realize. We're living in a world right now that is increasingly moving in that direction. Like what you said, Ohio's doing. I think every state uh, has done that. And at times I I look back and it's, uh, it's really hard for me to imagine what the nation is going to look like for my grandchildren. You know, it's yeah, going to look like something that's different a great
2: point right there. That's a great point. Are, are we, those of, those of you who are listening and have high school and junior high kids, you really need to pay attention what they're, what they're learning and, uh, and have your own discussions around the dinner table because the schools are changing tremendously. Yes. And the, the very liberal um, push is to the youngest they can get because they know that, that if if they get them that young, they're going to they're going to trust them more than they trust their parents. And so our conversations have to be real. They have to be around the dinner table where we sit and we talk about why we believe what we believe, what Jesus did for us that allows us to love those people but not follow those mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah, that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) it is. You know, uh, John, I I referenced back one more time to my friend, John Stenberger, who was with me yesterday, was talking about parents needing to step up and really help their children through the waters of these growing up years, where this influence from social media and the dangers of of handing a, a, a phone, a smartphone to our children, Uh, That without thinking about it and without putting restraints in it, uh, that is just like handing them in some ways a loaded pistol. I mean, it's it's dangerous and you've got to realize what's going on in this culture today. We cannot assume that teachers, sadly, this is the, the real truth of the day. We cannot assume that teachers in our public school are going to handle decisions about your child the way you'd want them if you're a parent. That's just oh, right. that's right, just and the I truth. think this
2: whole thing of changing your your <laughs> you're a, you're a female here. Yeah, you could be a male, and if you want to be a male, it's no problem. We can help you with that. We can we can point you to that direction. There's there's a tremendous pressure, uh, for whatever reason, for <laughs> girls to be boys and yeah. boys to be girls, and it just. um I don't know. It just absolutely decimates our culture because we've got we've got a, a pride in being a female. We've got a pride in being the male. We we love the fact that marriages are between a male and a female and that they can procreate. And and so I'm saying this, and I'm sure that people who are listening are going to say, "Wow, she is really out of it. She doesn't understand how." how uh, She shouldn't even be talking like that, but I am talking like that because it's scriptural.
1: Yeah, that's it right.
2: Scriptural. It and and it, and there were people in that time who who were attracted to the same sex, and Christ talked about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we we know that that's not something that that the Lord wants in us, and if you. Unfortunately, are born with that feeling. You've, it's been with you all your life. You've got to learn how to constrain that, yeah. because it isn't. It's going to hurt somebody else.
1: You know, I became uh, yeah, our, I became a real bo- loose on this. <laughs> I became a real interested person in what was going on in the world of of not just politics, but just happening with policies and things in America from my grandfather, and I would I'd listen to him talk, and he had a viewpoint that was strong and. He, he, he could be kind of colorful in his language about it. And I remember thinking, man, this, this is an interesting topic. I don't understand a lot about it, but you know, It helps to realize that things are are nuts in this day and age, and if you don't want to believe that, I I would love to try to imagine me telling my grandfather that we now have a Supreme Court justice when on the stand would not or could not, she said she could not really answer what a definition of a woman was. I just don't think that one would fly with my grandfather. I really don't. (laughs)
2: No, it shouldn't it shouldn't fly with him, and it shouldn't fly with us that's right um it's just ignorance it's uh <laughs> it is closing your mind to yeah. anything you don't want to have uh interrupt your ridiculous thinking yeah.
1: It's that uh, biblical thing of uh you know ever increasing in wisdom but becoming foolish in in our yeah. ways, and that's really happening in our nation right now. Well, Jill, uh, Choose Life Radio is is a really important thing. And I know you've got, I mean, that's evidenced by the fact that you've got Dr. Carson coming on your program. And I, I know that people are going to want to uh, really catch that. So be listening in the weeks ahead for Choose Life Radio, right here on The Shepherd at 12.05 p.m. on both Saturday and Sunday. And listen to Jill as she interviews these uh, people like Dr. Carson and others as well. It's always interesting and informative and helpful, and I think you do a great job, Jill. You really do.
2: Oh, you're so sweet, and thank you so much for allowing me to be with you today. It's been a joy.
1: (laughs) Well, I do appreciate it, and the time that you've given us, and it's very meaningful. Again, Choose Life. Give us the website, if you will, for Choose Life Radio.
2: Yes, it's just chooseliferadio.com.
1: Oh, man. With
2: with the WWW in front. I don't even need to say that anymore.
1: (laughs) That's right. I mean, people assume that now, don't they? That's chooseliferadio.com. As simple as that. Jill Taylor, the host. And uh, just we pass along our greetings to your entire team, your family. Thank you for spending this time with us and sharing from your heart.
2: Thank you very much. Very much. I appreciate it. You're
1: and, good. Well, <laughs> thank you for that. And, Fred, we'll, s- we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.